hello, I'm Heather Hilda Darling and we're on Let's Talk Property on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM and DAB. Now, I'm sitting in my office at the moment looking out the window and I can see pretty clouds and blue sky. But what happens when the weather turns bad and we might end up with lots of heat loss? The winter's on its way and typically for most houses, windows account for 10% of total heat loss. Well, I've got Simon Rogers, Director at Sussex County Windows. Simon, are you sitting comfortably? I am, thank you, Heather. Surely this is something that people worry about at this time of the year, how much cold drafts are going to be coming through their windows very much so yes and especially in the current climate it's uh, it's very worrying for people with the energy crisis as it is could you give me 60 seconds introduction to your background in the industry so yeah um i trained as a carpenter uh, many years back and uh, basically i i kind of fell into the double glazing industry when a, a friend of mine that i'd been an apprentice with came in to pick up some timber windows that i'd uh, that i'd made up in the sawmill and and um, he told me how much money he was earning in the glazing industry. And uh, I jumped on it from there. Oh, so it was money that motivated you. It was back in the days when the industry was was frowned on a little bit for its um, overzealous sales and stuff like that. But the, from a fitter's point of view, it was a very good time to be, to be fitting windows. I think people forget how new double glazing is really you know as a child I can remember ice on the inside of our windows double glazing yeah. I don't think had even been invented and you know with the introduction of double glazing it made a huge difference every house needs windows doesn't it and I suppose conservatories now and porches etc all need glazing um, yes. but your company does a lot more than just windows and doors what else do you offer as products? Uh, the last three, four years, we've had a construction company that we've slowly been building up. That's all going very well. We do garden rooms, summer houses, glass balustrade, everything from the ground upwards, really. I joined this firm 10, 11 years ago, and it's it's unrecognisable to the small form, firm I joined. It's, uh, it's grown year on year. When people are thinking about making improvements to their house, I mean, obviously, some of the things are new kitchens, new bathrooms, maybe new windows. Windows. Do you ever think they think about conservatories and maybe outdoor spaces, glazed outdoor spaces? Is this becoming more on trend now? There's a lot more with the out, as you say, with the outdoor spaces now because there's a lot more product out there. There's there's composite materials that the industry uses to to create basically an extension that all right, it's not as um, it's not much cheaper than a brick built extension, but a lot of the new systems are um, they can go up in a matter of weeks instead of months and they're far more firmly efficient. So tell me, what make a quality window? I mean, you can start from the extrusion process. It depends on the, the thickness, the microns of um, the UPVC material that they're using. I mean, major things that people would understand is you, you want to get a window that's got at least the outer frame and sashes to have at least five chambers inside for trapping air, which all aids to the thermal efficiency. Um, you want what we call an A-rated unit in there. 
um, which involves having a what we call a warm edge bar or a Swiss spacer bar, which reduces the, the transfer of cold and heat from one side to the other. And argon or xenon field gas units, really. Let's imagine you turn up at an old property, maybe 1930s, still the original windows in there, but you realise they're losing a lot of heat. How would you go about suggesting the replacements usually in places like that i try to steer people towards a uh, either a slim aluminium or maybe a flush system a upvc flush system which um adds to the character of the property rather than just you know standard upvc which uh, which doesn't look very nice in some like you say 1920s 1930s places there is an awful lot of uh, very good product out there now the industry has has given itself a, a kick up the backside in the last sort of 10 15 years and and come up with some marvelous products to be honest so if somebody came to you with a, like a paint card, you know, those paint yeah. cards that you get, they said, I want something that completely matches this. You would be able to furnish we that, can, We can do it, yeah, especially oh. in aluminium. Not so much in the UPVC, but even today there are firms now that um, uh, use a special paint to spray paint UPVC. Certainly double glazing and now triple glazing isn't there. Yes, again, the industry gives it a little uh, a little push every few years with the triple glazing. And what was the thought process behind that then? It is, again, just down to mainly thermal efficiency. Obviously, the soundproofing is a lot better. Gen I mean, a lot of people will tell you it's it's twice as good, but generally it's, it's approximately 40% better at retaining the heat in your home. So if a lot of our heat though is lost through double glazing, does it mean there's less heat lost through triple glazing? There is, yes. But on the downside of that, you also don't get the solar gain with it because it blocks out the sun's rays. So on those colder autumn days when the sun is still shining through and you can just use that and not have the heating on, you you can't with uh, triple glazing so much because it will it will stop that. I mean, there are there are downsides to everything. To be honest, I'm not a I'm not a massive fan of triple glazing. The uh, the industry as yet hasn't really upgraded the the frames, hinges, and mechanisms to uh, to cope with the extra weight. There are products out there that do, but the majority of uh, profiles don't do anything special. And obviously the fitters aren't too keen on it either because it's a lot heavier. Yes, heavy. And I suppose nowadays, if you're doing above ground floor, you may need to put up scaffolding and all sorts due to health and safety risks. Same again as when I started, it was up and down ladders constantly. But now you have to have tower systems and, uh, and scaffolding in place. And it sounds a very physical job to have. It is. So like carpet fitters get lots of knee issues and lower back issues. What, what do double glazing fitters get? Uh, shoulders. Oh, shoulders. Shoulder injuries, yeah, <laughs> due to the way we carry things and, and having to put glass in, at lifting quite heavy weights at arm, full arm's length and stuff. It uh, puts a lot of strain on the shoulder joints. As we know, the EPC ratings on yeah. uh, let rental properties are changing from they will have to be. That is going to make a huge difference to landlords who have to make sure that their property falls under the right rating. How much do you think it would save them to look at the double glazing if they have that already and actually install it prior to so that they're all ready for when these new rules come in? If they've got UPVC double glazing in there that's sort of 20 years or, or older, they really should look at 
changing it. I mean, that was, I think Fencer started their rules in 2002, 2001, 2002, with low E glass and uh, all the other bits and bobs that came with it. If you went as a, a 20 years or 20 years plus old, then I, I would definitely upgrade, especially from a glass point of view, because the glass is, is massively different to what it was then, and it will save you an awful lot of money. How long does it take to go from quote to supply and installation at the moment? For us, we're on a we're on around an eight to ten week lead time. Um, the lead times of late have uh, got longer and longer, but uh, they they're slowly coming back down. To I mean, we used to be able to get a window within a week, um, and even a standard UPVC window now can take two to three weeks to get in. So it's. Uh, yeah, and aluminium products are a much longer lead time. So anybody wanting to get their double glazing fitted for Christmas, they'll be looking at next Christmas, will they? We're still telling people now that, that are signing up that we'll get it all in and done for them before Christmas. We haven't got to that cut-off point yet. Do you have a time of the year when people really start thinking about it? It usually happens, uh, you get sort of before the school holidays, a couple of months before the school holidays and uh, and a flurry maybe just after. I mean, we've always been busy up till Christmas. That's the old, um, I'll have it done if you can get it in before Christmas thing. And uh, everybody pulls out all the stops and gets it done. But it's not, I mean, having been in it for so many years, I, there aren't really peak periods, I wouldn't say. No, no, not that you could rely on. Are there still grants for people to get um, double glazing done? It's, it's there, quite an investment, isn't it? It is. Glazing? It is. There is still a government scheme out there, but everybody we've had contact with who's tried to use it has either got nowhere or given up in frustration at the amount of hoops they have to jump through. Because it all depends on the other insulation you have in your property. If you've got that all up to grade, then they'll consider giving you some sort of grant on the window. And yeah, but most people I've spoken to that have tried it have just become so frustrated with the whole process that they've given up. And obviously, as you mentioned earlier, with heating bills going up, etc., we should be trying to to reduce our bills and reduce our carbon footprint. I mean, it's, this isn't new news, is it? We've been talking it is, about and, it. And, you know, Double glazing is a, you know, obviously I'm bound to say that, but it is a it is a fantastic way of reducing the eating bill. But I mean, there's other things we can do, isn't there? So say, for example, I have a double glazed unit put in my home. And if I perhaps, you know, the window dressings, for example, would they add to the um, overall heat loss? Say curtains or blinds, vertical blinds or shutters, maybe. Can they improve the, the, the loss of heat? They, they can, yeah, especially heavy curtains and that, you know, if you're for, for cold coming in, if if you're needing to put up heavy curtains, then there's obviously an issue with the glazing. If there's uh, if you see your curtains moving, so well that used to be the thing, didn't it? You used to you used to um, hang a curtain behind the front door to stop the drafts coming. Yeah, in. stop all the drafts. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, I remember these days so well. You and me both. Supposing you're a landlord and you're thinking about renting out a property to some tenants with maybe small children. There are safety measures that you have to take vis-a-vis -vis the openings and any blinds that you have have placed at the windows. When you go into a property, do you ask these sorts of questions or are things far more automatic that windows now have to have certain features to make them safe for the, for the population in general, not just for small children? 
Yeah, I mean, a bit of both, really. There are hard and fast rules. For example, the um, the fire escapes on habitable rooms, mainly bedrooms. You need a, a minimum area, which is uh, 0.33 of a square metre. But then the width and height have to be uh, no less than 450 mil um, for fire escape. This is achieved by using fire, what we call fire escape hinges so the uh, the sash can open at 90 degrees. Other things you've got to look for is um, the height of windows from the floor. I mean, anything below 800 mil from the internal floor needs to be toughened glass. I'm always very aware of that when there's there's little children around, as I've seen some horrors with glass, as you can imagine. Yeah, it is, that is a, a very important thing, and especially with, with landlords, I do always point out if there's old glazing in there, um, it's and it's at a lower level, I do always say, look, you, you really ought to think about getting that changed. Um, a lot of parents have issues with wanting stays on the windows to stop the children climbing out. I think you should spend more time talking to your children about climbing out of windows. I'd much rather then be able to get out in the event of a fire to be honest you know we take windows for granted don't we and and all the additional health and safety which has really drawn our attention to children falling out of windows or getting their fingers caught in doors a bit like cupboard drawers etc we yeah. just we we, we we don't think about it sometimes until it's too late you were telling me you went to see a property in Worthing where the lower fan light opened and it got caught by a gutter what was the final solution to that window yeah, so the issue there was that it had a, a push out a top hung window that um, would open probably six inches and then would hit the gutter on an adjoining part of the building. The landlord asked if I could change it so the opener was at the top and that would then not have the gutter fouling it. And I pointed out that because it was a bedroom, although it wasn't being used as a bedroom, it was a habitable room on the first floor, needed to have the fire escape. And because of the width of the window, the only way of doing that was to put in a French window. So the same sort of thing as a, a, a set of French doors, but in a in a smaller situation where it's got what we call a floating mullion, which allows both sashes to be opened and leaves the, uh, the entire area free for, for people to get out of. Again, not ideal if you've got small children in the room, because you do have that entire opening then if the window opens. But like I say, I'd rather know that people have the uh, the means of access if they need it. From certainly a health and safety aspect as well, it, it I don't think it crosses a lot of people's minds. And you're quite right, those windows that were perhaps put in 20, 30 years ago, I know a lot of the UPVC it used to go a bit brittle, didn't it? And then it did, and, this, and yellow. Yeah. And, and then the seals went and you got all that condensation yeah. in the middle. So is that a is that a call to action? You see the windows all sort of wet in between the two glass panels. Is that the time you pick up the phone to a glazing specialist? Oh, definitely, yeah, because once your once your unit's broken down like that, it's it's efficiency as well, it's disappeared. It's going to bring the outside inside for you. Now, if we look at some of the, for example, conservation areas of which there are quite a lot down here in Sussex. There are. How do you go about uh, putting new windows into a place that perhaps the council doesn't want double glazing or they want traditional wood or, you, you, you know, on the windows that would then be double glazed? Is, is that doable? It is. There are, there are, like I say, there's a lot of new 
amazing products out there at the moment and councils have looked at these new products and they do have some on their books that they they say well we will allow this this type of UPVC from this firm in that area you've got the residence nine collection which is a, a fantastic window that uh, that mimics a a, a timber window and you know if you're stood on the street you you wouldn't know it's not there are vertical sliding windows that mimic the box sashes exactly there's places in Worthing and Brighton where we've fitted them where they're they're the only type they will allow but yeah sometimes it's um just has to be the timber route but they are learning now that a lot of them would say you've got to have timber and it has to still be single glazed but that does seem to they seem to be cutting back on that easing up on that and allowing them to be double glazed and, and is there still the secondary double glazing they used to call it where you had like a frame put in, up inside the window it, it, is there, that still there around? is yeah yeah <laughs> no. yes and still price up for that on occasion we still do we don't fit a lot of it but there are places where that is the only option of you know reducing the the howling draft through an old critical window you know that just just cannot be be changed for anything but now the other thing that i find quite interesting is is the hardware that goes on the windows and again you you, you get a bit confused and what's it going to look like on the window are you able to advise clients on that side of things we're lucky enough to have a, a nice showroom down here and i you know i really push people to come down and, and get their hands on the product and see what colors against what and and what is you know available because if i had to take a brochure for everything i'd need a, I'd need a van. I'm not a fan of brochures, to be honest. They just show you a pretty photograph. You're not, you know, if you're going to spend thousands of pounds on, on doing your home up like that, the least you need to do is come in and get your hands on the product. Now, I also, again, I keep harking back to the old days when you didn't used to have these trickle vents or anything. You know, you'd wake up in the mornings and your double glazing was all dripping wet because the condensation hadn't got away. Who does all these checks on improving window standards? There is a government agency and they liaise with the GGF, the Glass and Glazing Federation, and uh, with FENSA, obviously. There are, FENSA's not the only uh, governing body group out there. There's CERTAS, various others that have to, you know, follow the rules and make sure that we do. But FENSA is the one that everybody everybody recognises as, as the boss out there. But yeah, and then they, um, then they come up with these ideas and drop them on our lap and say, there you go, you've got to do that now. Do you have to change, you know, the standards that you work to a lot i mean presumably a bit like in the lettings industry if new legislation is brought in we have to go through so many levels of checking that everything we do is right what sort of checks and balances would you have to do in those circumstances i mean especially with the the trickle vents we had to go through everything we had on our books that was pending that we knew wouldn't get fitted before the date that they'd given us for everything to have trickle vents and explain to people that i'm really sorry we've got to put trickle vents in all your windows we swallowed the cost on an awful lot of it yeah it was still it was still and to some people it was it was an absolute deal breaker until they realized that no matter where they went they had to have them simon do you know we've been chatting for over 20 minutes already so <laughs> well we do usually have a bit of a chat don't we? <laughs> but something a, a quote has just come to me um 
what light through yonder window breaks? That's a Shakespeare quote, isn't it, from one of it his is. plays? And I, I'm just imagining some of the windows I used to look through as a child and on some of the properties we bought to do up. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, if I'd only had the choice today that we didn't have years ago. So let's imagine a landlord had double glazing installed 20 years ago in a rental property. What three recommendations would you make to him now, bearing in mind the changes coming in 2025 to rental properties? It's down to, you know, the 20 years ago, you're on the brink of the, the fencer. Was it there? Wasn't it? You know, so they need to check that the units are up to standard. It's an easy, it's an easy check. If you look at a double glazed unit and the, the little spacer bar between the two bits of glass, if that's shiny and aluminium, then it's just not going to be up to standard. If the, the windows have been in there that long, I would suggest they change them straight away. But yeah, check with Fencer because there will be, you know, there'll be a certification there. Again, check all their, their safety glasses. That's that's very important to me because that's another thing that probably wouldn't have been picked up on 20 years ago, although that rule was about then. It was somewhat overlooked by a lot of firms. Yeah, I mean, the insulation in, in your walls, in your loft, everything like that. Check handles, hinges. Is the window closing up properly? Can you see little gaps anywhere when you pull it to? May just be that, you know, it needs a new hinge and that will, that will close it up. I mean, if you've got, you know, a property with a dozen windows in it and three of them have got a dodgy hinge that's an awful lot of cold air coming in and warm air going out just little things like that really to um to double check it but like i say the best thing to do is look for a fence certificate which you can go online and do and if if it's not there then save yourself some money change your windows and do you do free quotes oh of course yeah they might be okay their windows uh but there may be some that are yeah i certainly suspect. you know if it if it's not broke don't fix it i'm you know i'm not one of these sort of, oh yeah you've got to rip the whole thing out you know if the if the windows if i think the frames are up to it i will suggest just unit changes to a lot of landlords because that you know that will save them money it's just when you go there and it's like we've well, got to change the units you've got three hinges gone there the handle's gone on that one the locks you just as well get a new window very good advice thank you i didn't realize how interesting it would be talking about windows so the website obviously is uh, sussex county windows we have the showroom in um martlet's way in uh, the trading estate in Goring, and also we have a new showroom which will be opening up very shortly up by the thomas and beckett in worthing thank you simon for your time this afternoon i do appreciate it <laughs>